Well, hello, and welcome back to the Kingfisher Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Eric Whitley, and as always with me is my wife, Bron, and uh, we're just glad to be with you today, and uh, we've got a great topic, I think, today that's really relevant to the situations in the world, and there's a lot of situations in the world. I think it's relevant all the time, actually, because there's always something out there to make us fearful. Oh, I haven't told them what it is yet. Oh, they probably read it. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's why she's smarter than me. Um, so we're, we're going to talk about faith and fear. And I've paired those two things together because I believe they're kind of, they're not siblings for sure, but they kind of are on an equal footing in our lives as far as the power and the influence that each of them can have. Now, that power and influence, depending on which one, you're letting influence you can bring some very different results, but they equally have a lot of power in our life. As of today, so it's it's October 2023. There's a war in Ukraine with Russia. There's a war in Israel with the Palestinians. There are other wars around. Wars and rumors of wars. Here in Australia, we've just had a big vote on thing that could be very divisive in, in it called The Voice, which is on Aboriginal rights and different things. And like, there's just a lot of turmoil in the world. I could go on and on and on. And if you're in America, you know all the stuff going on with Republicans and Democrats. And all the divisiveness and the all polarization. The and, I mean, I think yeah. one of the things that's really contributed to an atmosphere of fear around the world is the growth of digital technologies and social media online news media. And so everything's just in your face all the time. It's available on your phone at any given moment that you carry around in your pocket. You know, we never used to have that sort of stuff. We're old enough to remember a time before that. We are. We are. <laughs> well, I mean, but can you just imagine like World War One? the only coverage you really would have had of that war would be in the newspaper. You yeah, have I mean, to get a newspaper and read it. Unless you lived in Europe. In, in, a, in Australia, it you just would have read about it in the newspaper and obviously... You know, people sent their adored and wonderful children off to war, which is a horrible, horrible thing, and it impacted families in that way. But as far as everyday life, you know, there were maybe shortages and stuff, but you would have just gone on about your life and you wouldn't have had it confront you every moment of the day. Yeah, I mean, there are places on the internet you can watch this stuff 24-7 live. What's yeah. happening, you know? And, and people do, like, have their notifications set so that constantly being bombarded with this all this information it's just constant information and it's too much really for everyone well and talking about being old you know it's just I I remember a time where the world was very different I just feel like the world has changed in my lifetime it has so drastically like the way society and culture and everything thinks and what used to be good is now bad and what used to be bad is now good and it can be very confusing and it can create a lot of fear in your life. I certainly have had moments of just feeling insecure, just kind of going, how long will the life that I know it continue? Yeah, you know, I as mean, it is. even with work, people used to leave work and go home and that was it. But now you're just constantly connected to your workplace with your emails and text messages and all these different things. So you ca- it's very difficult to find that space where you can switch off. Yeah, certainly. But like I even think back during the COVID time 
And just, I had a moment of just recognizing, you know, you go to the grocery store and half the shelves were empty and I'm just going, the life that I live is a lot more fragile than I sort of viewed it to be that something could change. And in a matter of a week, my entire life could be completely different Mm -hmm. with, with tragedy. And, and so that does have the illusion of control. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's a good way to put it. It's very easy to become fearful if you think about all those things, mm-hmm. and that's not my point today by bringing this all up is to make anybody feel more fearful or, or afraid in any way, but really to contrast that with, as a Christian, we have faith. And the Bible tells us to not be afraid. You know, faith and fear are two of the most discussed topics in the Bible. By my count, there are about 458 verses that mention faith and 336 verses that mention fear. So this is a top, these That's are top, a lot. These topics are something that we really need to pay attention to because they're often discussed. And I just think, as I was mentioning before, faith or fear can be a really powerful force in our life. See, both positions carry a significant implication for life and ministry, where faith empowers the Christian to live in power and victory. You know, even despite whatever we see, I mean, you see David and Goliath in faith, David went out to face Goliath and overcome it, whereas his earthly eyes would have been seeing much bigger, more experienced warrior man in front of him. And here's a, he is a little boy, but he had faith in God. He didn't think about any of those things. He just had faith in God. And so faith really gives us the victory if we can really press into it. Whereas fear, it tends to isolate. It stagnates a Christian and it leads us to be ineffective and powerless, feel really powerless. Like you were talking about before, this sense of control, you know, mm. this false sense of control. And it's true. We we do feel as humans, I think, that we're very much in control. I mean, we've climbed Mount Everest and we've sailed the seas and we have technology and gone to the moon and whatever else. But really, our existence is quite fragile. So, you know, faith and fear can be equally powerful in our life. But as I was saying before, have very contrasting results. Yeah. So when you uh, have faith, what does that bring out in your life? Well, I think we've all heard the different verses on it, but I think it boils down to the difference between our earthly reality and the supernatural or the spiritual reality, heavenly reality. Okay. In the heavenly reality, that's where God is. That's where when we die and we go into his presence, that's why there's no fear there. There's no sickness. There's no pain. There's no death. There's, there's none of those elements that we experience here on earth. And in that heavenly realm, things operate by God's control. Here in our earthly realm, things tend to operate through our free will and <laughs> the things that we try and control. And so really, I think to have faith means that we have to not look at our earthly reality. We have to look at the heavenly reality. And coupled with that is what has God said? What are his promises in the Bible? What is he saying to us now, you know, in a prophetic way? That becomes more real and more true than our earthly reality. And that's, for me, that's what faith looks like, is looking to heaven for the answers or for the solution or the peace, as opposed to looking around and seeing what's happening around us that we can see and touch and is tangible in that sort of way. You've done a lot of ministry with people who are struggling with demonic manifestations or oppression or things like that. What does faith empower in someone's life? 
Well, faith, it definitely um, brings us into a place where we can stand in the authority that we are given by Jesus. So when we become Christians and the Holy Spirit comes to reside within us, that's all done through faith. You know, it's by faith that I believe, and it's by faith then that I have to live. And so when you're facing things, many times the demonic, I mean, one of their key things that they operate through is fear. They don't have the luxury of going into God's presence as like the angels do. The angels go into God's presence, they're refreshed, they're energized and whatever, and then they go back out to serve as messengers or whatever God has them doing. The demonic doesn't have that resource, so they have to find it a different way. And fear is one of their main food sources, if you want to put yeah. it that way. So when, you're, when you choose faith, you're uh, giving authority to God and what he wants to do in your life. And when you choose fear, you're giving authority to the enemy and what he wants to do in your life. Yeah, and it's often quoted, um, I, I say this a lot, the things we agree with, we empower. And so when we agree with fear, fear is never from God. Like God is not a God of, of fear in any way. The opposite of fear is love, really. I'm sort of putting faith as, as that, that corresponding part, but really it's love and God is love. And so there is no fear in God. Yeah, perfect love casts out fear. Completely. And so when we partner with God, then that fear goes. Whereas when we're operating in fear, we're just giving the enemy a foothold and we're giving him influence or control over some aspect. Maybe it's just in our thinking. Maybe it's how we feel, whatever. But it's allowing him to dictate that part of our life. Whereas we really, as a Christian, should be fully submitted to God and operating out of faith in every aspect of our lives. You know, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it's a really familiar passage, but I think it's just great. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I mean, what a great verse for what we're facing right now. Situation of the world. You know, it's that's like his game plan right there. He says, don't be anxious about it. Yeah. It's, but it's easy. As I was saying, it's really easy to feel anxious about well, what's sure. going to happen, you know. And, you know, over the years at different times, I've actually suffered from chronic anxiety. And I know there's a lot of people out there that do, that have anxiety, depression, things like that at different times in their life. And for some people, it's an ongoing thing. And for me personally, that was a really hard thing to overcome in my life because, it was bound up in a lot of things that I needed inner healing for. not Nothing terrible, but just also, you know, hereditary stuff. My mum struggles with anxiety. Her ancestors struggled with anxiety. We know that it goes down through the family line. And, and there's certainly something to be said about, you know, when you want to be in control of things and you're afraid of what might happen if you lose control and then that can generate anxiety in your life. And really for me, overcoming that anxiety to the point now where I really don't struggle with anxiety anymore. I'll feel normal amounts of anxiety if something's going wrong in my life, but then it dissipates again. Whereas before it would, anxiety would rise up and I would have it for six months (laughs) and it was very painful, you know, adrenal fatigue and all that sort of stuff. What I had to do was go through a process of inner healing and prayer ministry that helped me to get just let go of the things that were not of God, the woundings of the past, and deal with the issues that I had, you know, spiritually in my life. And 
then God brought me to that place of healing. But it was a constant process of me saying, God, I'm just, I'm going to trust you. I have faith. I believe that you have a good plan for my life. I'm giving you, I'm giving up control. I'm not going to hold on tight to the control anymore. You know, I've been through all these different stages in my life where I had a plan and the plan did not work and God had a different plan and I, you know, was dragged kicking and screaming over to God's plan. And it really took me finally just saying, I give up. I don't want to be in control anymore. I'm giving it to you, God. I'm letting go. And then he was able to heal that anxiety inside of me because I didn't have to be in control anymore because I trusted God. I trusted that he loved me, that he is a good father, that he had a good plan for my life and that his plan was actually better than mine. And he's going to take care for you, care of you and, and provide for you. You know, a prayer of faith causes our earthly reality to submit to the heavenly reality that I was talking about before. And that's what you just very graphically described in prayer. It wasn't just a prayer. It was probably many prayers and a process and all that. But that process of faith, of making that earthly reality submit to the heavenly reality, which yeah. is the greater one. And that's, I think that's also when you know people who are skeptical about divine healing you know they don't believe god actually heals today but that's what's happening it's not any power from man uh, you know if it's me praying it's no power from me if i pray for someone and they're healed what it is is i'm reaching into that heavenly reality where there is no sickness where there is no pain and releasing that yeah heavenly reality into our earthly reality and that's where divine yeah. healing takes place and that can be for anxiety that could be for a broken arm that could be whatever exactly um, but it's it's releasing and making the earthly reality submit to that heavenly reality yeah and we believe that it's always god's will for healing and you know jesus taught us how to pray you know bring your kingdom lord god you know thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and so it's bringing that that heaven reality onto the earth yeah we've all heard the verse hebrews 11 1 um, it describes faith like this now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see the way i define faith is it's a supernatural capacity which means that has to come through the holy spirit okay it's not it's not us but it's a supernatural capacity to trust god's ability a lot of what you were just saying to trust his ability and his character to intervene in our lives despite what our earthly eyes and mind perceive. And that's, you very graphically just described that process as you went through anxiety, is you trusted God's character, that he's good, that he loves you, that he's going to do what he's going to, you know, what he's promised, and as well as looking at his ability. Is he actually, I mean, it's all fine and well to trust someone, but if they don't have the capacity or ability to do what you're trusting them for, then your faith is misplaced. Yeah. And if you're feeling anxious and you say, well, I do have faith in God, I do believe in God, but maybe the issue is you don't believe that he's a good God. Maybe the issue is that you don't fully understand how he sees you and how much he loves you and that he would he only has a good plan for your life and, and he wants to bless you. Well, what you're talking about is identity, of yeah. knowing who you are and knowing your position with Christ. You know, identity in Christ is such a thrown-around phrase but I, I think very few of us truly understand it. But when we know who we are in Christ, when we know who we are in Christ, then it does build a confidence in us to 
to ask him for things and to trust him, as you were talking about, to trust him and trust that he is good and, and he is all that. I think a lot of people as well feel unworthy. They feel unworthy to receive his love. Even if God is good, I'm not. And so why would good God want to reach out to an unworthy person? Well, the fact of the matter is, regardless of what you've done or who you are or whatever, God created you, he loves you, and he loves you unconditionally. And he knows we're not good. <laughs> well, that's it. There's not any of us that are good. And, and he so still loves us, and he's good, and that's what matters. We're all unworthy. That's uh, that's the point I'm making is we're none of us come up to a standard. So however low you feel you are, that's okay. You're just in with the rest of us. you know. Yeah. And God still applies the same love and same stuff to you. And as I said before, it's an illusion of control. We're not actually in control. We we like to think that we're in control of what's going on in our lives. But as Christians, we know that actually God is in control. And if we're feeling anxious, it's really about us letting go of that control, that illusion of control that we have, and trusting God and who he is and how he sees us. But man, how hard is that sometimes? Because we don't like to let go of it control. It took me a long time to, to learn how to do that. And it's not just a one-off thing. It's an ongoing process. Even to this day, if I find myself starting to get a bit worked up about something, I have to stop and I have to pray and say, I'm giving it to you, God, and I trust you with it, and I trust you with my life, and I submit my life to you. Yeah, and when we do that, uh, I mean, that's the thing. He's so faithful. When, when I do my prayer time, I tend to journal, so I write all my prayers down. And I'm so constant, I'm just really constantly writing, thank you, God, for your faithfulness. <laughs> I'm just always blown away by your faithfulness. And almost as a discipline, I often write, I trust you. Yeah. You know, and I pray, I trust you. Yeah. And sometimes I'm not feeling that. <laughs> like, you know, that's a conscious decision. It's not necessarily I'm feeling this way or I'm feeling so... Yeah. good about it it's just okay i'm choosing to trust you because i know you know better than i do yeah and he's faithful even when we're not so i know there's times when i i'm like i haven't read my bible in a while i haven't spent much time in prayer i feel you know i should have been doing those things but you know there's a lot of people out there who think i haven't been to church in years and i haven't been reading my bible and so Oh, you know, God's not going to hear me and I can't trust him. But the fact is, it's not about you. It's about him and his character. And he is always faithful and trustworthy. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad it's not reliant on us, yeah. that it's reliant on him. Because if it was on us, it would be a failure <laughs> every time. Yeah, We might get it right for a certain period, but it, we're always going to fail at some point. I guess as you're saying, I just want to speak to anybody out there today that is hearing this and is feeling, maybe has felt this way or is feeling that even today. The good news is it's only one step back to God. No matter how far you feel like you've walked away or how distant he seems to you right now, all it is is turning your attention back to him, taking that one step. It might just be to turn around. It might be to take that one step. It might just be to just turn your attention towards him and you'll see he's not that far away. He's actually near to you. And the Bible promises that if we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. So if our intent is to draw near to him, he will meet us in that. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how far you feel like you've come or what you've done in the interim. It's, you know, the prodigal son story all over again. He's waiting with open arms no matter what. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that's a great picture of who God is. 
And that's why we have that story because we all relate to that son. And we sometimes relate to the brother who's mad that the son got to come back. And, you know, the, I think we just relate to that story in so many different levels. But the, you know, the whole idea is that God is the one who is forgiving and accepting and faithful, even when we're not. Well, if, if you've enjoyed this discussion, uh, I have a book on praying and intercession uh, called Armed, and one of the chapters is Faith versus Fear. And if you want to read more about that and learn more about it, I encourage you to pick up a copy of my book. You can find it like on Amazon and other uh, online retailers and read some more about that. And I think it will really encourage you to see the power that faith actually has. And uh, fear, I mean, to me, fear is such a deceptive element. It's not real. Fear, most of the time, I mean, I've heard statistics of people who are worriers, and it's like 98% of the time, I mean, it's a really high percentage. I don't know the exact stat, but it's a really high percentage that the things we worry about never come to fruition. And so, but it causes all this anxiety and this fear and whatever else. It's a really deceptive element, whereas faith is hard and real and authentic like when we apply faith and we stand in faith god does move and things do change and things do happen whether it's healing or whether it's breakthrough or whatever it may be that we're dealing with at the moment when we stand in faith god moves you know it says without faith it's impossible to please god and so when we operate in that faith it pleases him and he responds and it's a pretty awesome experience Yeah, so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and we'd love if you would leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us out and it helps other people to find the kinds of podcasts that they're looking for. Well, we're so glad that you joined us today and we hope that you'll you'll come back again. Uh, This has been the Kingfisher Podcast. Uh, I'm Eric Whitley and uh, that's Ron Whitley over there. And uh, we're just so glad that you are with us and listening. May you be blessed today. 